At that time, I had just beat my murder case. And see, what people may understand is when you get that opportunity to do right by God, you're not supposed to keep acting ignorant and keep doing the same stupid shit that got you in that position. He hadn't faced a murder case. He was out on bail for his case. So naturally, he had the spirit of, I'm getting with death row. Death row, the hardest label in the world. I'm finna act a fool. I got Snoop Dre. Fuck that. But he didn't understand. Hold on. We going through cases, nigga. We trying not to be where you was just at. This is Nas. You're now listening to The Bridge, 50 Years of Hip Hop. Hey, what up? This is your co-host, Minya O, a.k.a. Miss Info. Now, clearly, we had a lot of ground to cover with Snoop Dogg, from the first time Nas ever met him in the streets of South Central, to Snoop's personal revelations about that infamous night with him, Tupac, and Nas at the 1996 MTV Awards. Both MCs also talked about a future collaboration. It was a historic conversation. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. His voice is silky smooth. His flow is macadocious. And he could very well be the coolest MC to ever touch a mic. I'm talking about Long Beach finest Snoop Dogg. Snoop's career is full of smash hits and dramatic moments such as performing alongside Dr. Dre at the Super Bowl, he has also had to fight for his freedom. When he had to make the tough decision to leave death row back in 1998, no one would have guessed then that his story would come full circle. Today, Snoop owns the death row brand. His story is far from over, and we can't wait for the next episode. You're one of the men that stomped a foothold in this shit to restart the rap game from when we came up from the 80s and saw all the great guys do what they did. When we first saw you, 187, in the deep cover, we knew everything had changed. We saw you rapping with Dr. Dre, but we never saw Snoop before. We had saw Ren, we saw all of these people. We saw N.W.A. kind of dissolve in a way. 
Now, Dre's reinvented with this tall brother from Long Beach, and we knew it was going down. Did you start working on Doggy Style when 187 came out? Actually, I wrote G-Thang before I wrote Deep Cover. Wow. Yeah, we had started working on Dre's solo project, and Deep Cover had came to us because we was working at Solar Records, and Dick Griffey had the studio. We owned Solar Records, Shalomar, Whispers, Lakeside, all of that good shit. So that's when we was performing our records. And the soundtrack came to us, so this was a song that we just threw on the soundtrack that I had wrote. Snoop, the stuff that was hitting for you on the West Coast, you guys were still listening to East Coast stuff, and there wasn't that feeling where you had to kind of be like, well, we're us, and they're them. Right? Let me tell you how I met Buster Rhymes. I met Buster Rhymes at the House of Blues when Deep Cover was out, and he was there with Daz Effects. Whoa. And I was so fucking happy to meet Daz Effects and Buster Rhymes, and them niggas knew who I was. And that shit blew my mind. Because they was like, nigga, you the hottest shit in New York. I'm like, I only got one song out. But the feedback that I get from meeting them, me being a fan of theirs, and them happy to see me because they didn't really, mm-hmm. they knew my voice, but they didn't know me. And it was just, we reflect on that now as far as like how my hip-hop relationships have always been genuine. Even when I met you, now, I remember when you jumped out the van yeah. and ran across when I was out yeah. there with my niggas from Shotgun. Yo, they looked at me like they was giving Where was this? Do it to wait, me, Wait, wait, wait. Take it me was, through uh, this. It was L.A. Okay. Somewhere in L.A. We was in the hood. We was in uh, Gardena, nigga, and Nas rolled by in a white van. I'm standing out here with some real gang members. Gambling with the dice. He jumped out with a sweatsuit on, with one leg up, with some tempos on, with a red suit on. He ran across the street to where I was at. And the homies was finna reach for their gun. I'm like, hold on, cuz. That's nasty Nas from New York, cuz. That's exactly what he said. And I greeted him and shook his hand and hugged him and was like, cuz, be safe when you out here, cuz. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's L.A. Right. You had well, the red suit I was on coming too? from a record store uh-huh. in somewhere close to the hood or whatever. And, you know, we fresh in L.A. We don't want to see nothing but the hood. Right. We done heard all the N.W.A. tapes, the Ice Cube tapes. Right. <laughs> we made them take us to the hood on every trip. I didn't plan to see him. Nobody told me he was going to be there. We going through the hood, and I noticed him. I said, is that Snoop? <laughs> I said, oh, man, these dudes gambling. And if Snoop don't recognize me, I'm done. You are done. But I know he <laughs> the way his music sound, he had to know who I was because his shit, I know he a hip-hop dude. Was from yeah. the you jumped out the van, <laughs> nigga, when you jumped out with the sweatpants, one leg up. <laughs> That was the giveaway? Yeah, this is New York. <laughs> nigga, that's nasty Nas. Nigga, that nigga hard. Hold on, cuz. Hold on. Did y'all build a relationship off of that, or did anything come of that? Like, nah, what happened? That was straight real shit. It wasn't like, yo, let's hang out and have a party tomorrow. It was just like, to have that moment, I was just getting in the game. Mm-hmm. To see him, I guess, started the relationship, but to, to see him, I didn't know when I was going to see him again. So it was just like, I got to meet the brother. Yeah. I was in Queens, and you came to New York, you, the whole crew, to Trafalgar Square to do a concert. Oh, that was a hood club. This was a legendary show in New York music history. I didn't get in. (laughs) Nobody could get in. (laughs) If you got in, you was lucky, but we heard the tapes. Mm -hmm. I would listen and study the tapes and listen to how the concert went, and I imagine what's going on in Snoop's head all the way on the East, with his first album, and seeing the love that the whole city has for him. What was that night like, Snoop? Nigga, Run DMC, 
Dougie Fresh, Slick Rick, all my idols, nigga. I met them, cuz. And you just don't understand how I damn near cried that night. I was so happy. Then the nigga DMX tell me when we do the verses, rest in peace to the king. Rest in peace. And nigga tell me, nigga, do you remember Javarga Square, nigga, when you was walking out and you looked at me and I said, whoop de whoop, and you said, get at me, dog. <laughs> and that's why I made this song. No. That nigga made get at me, dog, because that's what I told him at Jabargan Square that night when he reached out to me. Look at the versus battle. He says it. Wow. It's documented. Wow. Imagine that, Nas, that night created that song. That night that you said wow. was the biggest night of my hip-hop career because, like I told you, the Mecca was New York. So for me to go to Queens or Run DMC and Champ, LL, these are my favorites. This they town. Right. For me to rock for them and look in the crowd and see them, and then backstage, I get pictures with him and get to hang out with him. Nigga, wow. You couldn't tell me shit when I got back to the West, man. <laughs> Congrats on uh, Super Bowl. Yeah. I was there in the stadium. Is he going to come out and smoke? I said, the younger him, whatever, he ain't going to do that because he's such a mogul now. It's his past. Mm. What happened the next day? Pictures of this brother. <laughs> With the J in his head getting nice. Congratulations on that. And to see you in a comfort zone. Yeah. In front of so many people. The most watched sport in America. You was just grooving like you was in a backyard. And you was loped out. Everybody was like, this is hip hop in its truest form. It's street. But on the main stage. Do you even get nervous? I can't imagine it. Now, the last time I got nervous was like one of my early videos and there was a lot of people mm-hmm. just looking at this shit. And I'm like, what the fuck is they here for? And like, I, I wasn't used to mm-hmm. shooting videos and shit. I wouldn't even look in the camera. I just kept looking down and shit. And then I learned to fall in love with the camera. Once I fell in love with the camera, everything was everything. That was the biggest hip hop moment ever. Yeah. For the mass. Yeah. And congratulations to getting Death Row back and being back on Death Row is in the proper hands. This is a full circle story that you got to survive to get to this point. This isn't, you made a few albums and then five years you're gone out the game. Nobody knows your name no more. This is a testament to who you are. And this right here is going down in the books again. I mean, you've been going down in the books since you got in the business, bro. We've watched you, like Biggie said, the way Salt Soups and how to sell records like Snoop Oops. (laughs) <laughs> because at that time, we're watching you guys, and y'all were getting it out the mud. From N.W.A., you couldn't play their records on the radio. Your shit was just as gangster. And yet, you're on the cover of yep. Newsweek, the biggest opening week of record sales. Like, there are a million damn sales. Did you envision how much you were closing the loop sort of on the things that were kind of left open in your life? Like, say, for example, somebody like Harry O or Death Row things that you could have just kept moving forward and left in the past, but it seems like you went and wanted to circle back, bring those things back to you in the future. Yes, a lot of people that didn't get paid and get taken care of on those projects. Um, You know, bad contracts, a lot of record sales, no money being distributed. So one thing that happened to me recently was when my mother transitioned, when my mother Mm -hmm. passed away, she went up top and started working on me. She told me to take care of the people that took care of you. So now that I'm blessed in the position to have things, it's only right for me to go back and try to help out those artists that didn't get their publishing, didn't get paid, 
didn't get the things they were supposed to get. The people that put up the money behind death row in the beginning. So I'm a position it to go back and give. The whole purpose of me getting death row is to give back. It's back on death row because I'm back because I own death row. Hmm. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, we never seen nothing like this before. Well, people don't know when I did Murder Was the Case, the soundtrack, I bought a song from Tupac called Life So Hard on a Nigga When You're Living Like a Jeep. And I did his lyrics over. But we didn't use it. And then Suge was like, man, I don't want to pay that nigga. I'm like, man, fuck that. We took the song, we might as well pay him. And Suge wrote a check for 35000 for Tupac for a song that we didn't use called Life So Hard on the Jeep. But then when he came back to death row, we did it over again. Me and him did it together. And I'm going to end up re-releasing oh, it. Oh, wow. So people can hear it that haven't heard it. It's a song that he wrote the whole song, but I did his lyrics. So what I'm going to do is make him do some, and I'm going to do some, and I'm going to cut that shit up and make it feel like it's supposed to feel, but it's written by him. Do you have a lot of plans like that, the things that you're able to do now? Oh, yeah. I just left the vault. I just seen all the fucking masters and all this shit. It's like so much shit in there that I'm going to do. It ain't going to make no sense. I know I'm going to give a couple of DJs like Premier and Pete Rock and Kid Capri, get him some vocals and do y'all shit. Then I'm going to go to the EDM world, Steve Aoki and uh, David Guetta. Here, y'all do some EDM versions. You know what I'm saying? It's interesting because a lot of things have happened sort of in a movement, too. Because, Nas, when you did that song, Death Row East, I think that really brought things back into the consciousness, too. Like, do you remember when you heard that song, Snoop? Hell yeah. What did you do? I bought the whole album. Yeah. So, and then remember, I was speaking up on certain scenarios that I seen because I was there that night when certain things happened at the park. That's when I had a whole nother respect for you, Nas, as far as like the way you handled that Tupac situation, the way that you was the bigger guy because he came in with the spirit of, and you had the spirit that you got now, you know? I love your music. I fuck with you, <laughs> homie. I ain't here to do nothing to you. Hey. You know what I'm saying? I, I remember it clear as day. Like, you was like, nigga, I love you, nigga. I fuck with your music. Like, that's just some gangster shit to me that you could have that calmness about yourself. And I had already peeped the scene I seen all your niggas there. Yeah. He didn't yeah, see that. Snoop, I called him. That's the part I seen. I called that man. Come on, my nigga. That's the part that yeah. I seen. That's why I say I got so much yeah. respect for you. And if you would have moved the wrong way, they would have went crazy. Nigga, I know yeah. that. Oh, yeah. That's the purpose of us coming up there. That's that's why we came up there to see what was happening with him. Because mm. we was hearing a lot of stories. Come on, nigga. You didn't yeah. come to talk. You came yeah. to see what's happening. But at the same time, you was the general. So... However, the general moved, yeah. the soldiers gonna fall in line. So the general was smart enough to be a politician and say, look here, man, let me check this out. You know you're on my turf, right? Fuck <laughs> with you. I love you, my nigga. Yeah. So let's keep this yeah. out around. You know what I'm saying? And let's do what we do. He told me, he said, we supposed to be brothers, man. He said, me and you supposed to be brothers. I'll never forget that. That's a whole movie, though, we could get it into. Really we is. could spend a whole bunch of time on that. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. You know, that's what me and him fell out after that. Not because of your incident, but because Angie Martinez had me go to the radio station because she wanted to do an interview with me and that was my homegirl. So naturally, I go yeah. up there with her doing an interview. During the course of the interview, she say, how you feel about uh, Biggie and Puff? I'm like, shit, they're my niggas. I want to do a record with them niggas. Yeah. And when I said that, that shit just fucked the whole death row shit up, nigga. He was like, nigga, did you hear what that nigga said? He didn't speak to me no what? more. No more after I said that until he passed away. It was serious times. At that time, I had just beat my murder case. Mm. And see, what people are understanding is when you get that opportunity to do right by God, you're not supposed to keep acting ignorant and keep doing the same stupid shit that got you in that position. Mm. He hadn't faced a murder case. He was out on bail for his case. So naturally, he had the spirit of, I'm getting with death row. Death row, the hardest label in the world. I'm finna act a fool. I got Snoop Dre. Fuck that. But he didn't understand. Hold on. We going through cases, nigga. We trying not to be where you was just at. So we have to move a little differently. We still going to keep it gangster, but we right. can't be as... But he just took the lead. When he took the lead, it's like, shit, we got to fall in line. So whether we would it or not, we got to hate Biggie and, and Puff. But I don't hate them niggas. Right. Fuck that. Fuck them niggas. But I like them niggas. Then he even put it in the video. America's Most Wanted, the beginning of it is him mocking Biggie and all that. But I had to roll with it because it's like, mm. it's death row. One of the hardest songs. But when it came to my opinions and my point of views, I'm going to be me. And when people ask me how I felt about them, I thought them niggas was dope. And I thought, to me, don't be afraid of the competition. Welcome to shit. Mm. He played that record for me before anybody. I went to the studio with him. He had Premier in one room, Easy Mo B in another room, and Puffy in one room. That nigga called me in there, and Lil C's can attest to this. It was about 50 niggas in the studio. And Biggie said, I want you to hear this shit. And he played the intro. With the verse you just yeah. said, dreaming yeah. of Lear Jets and Coops and how to sell records like Snoop. I'm sitting in the studio like, loving it. You're like, yeah, that's my shit is coming out. So I heard it from him. Right. Imagine how I felt when I left mm. and Cuz got killed. Right. And I'm knowing his love for us and what he was right. really expressing. Had they both lived, they would have pieced it out eventually. Had they both lived, me and you may not have made as much money as we made. <laughs> <laughs> You ain't lying. That's the Those perspective. Dudes, they was on one, man. They was on one. They was. You know, we had to slide out the way and let them ride. You know what I'm saying? Remember, me and you was the ones. You Facts. was the one over there. I was the one over here. Facts. And we had to slide to the left to let yes. them do what they do. Shit, they almost got us caught up. Yeah. When they was alive with all this shit. It's hard to speak on it, man. He ain't here. But it's incredible to hear your side of it because... Everybody has a lot to say about all of it. It's a movie. It's real life, but it's like a thick book of pages in our history. But y'all two were actually there for every moment. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah, Tupac was my real friend. He was my friend before he got on Death Row Records, like my real friend. 
does it ever strike you that coming from being the scariest person in America to the doggies NFTs? <laughs> I see you out there the cyber thugging <laughs> in the corporate world. In the corporate currency world. Well, you know what the cyber thugs said. They say they want to shoot dog Nas album in the metaverse. That needs to wow. happen. Wow. In the metaverse. That needs to happen. And we can all attend the concert. Yep. <laughs> Produced by Hitport. They only want 10 songs. They only want 10 Snoop and Nas songs in the metaverse. And you can't get them nowhere but in the metaverse. Sorry, traditional. This is over here. You know, when we do this metaverse album. <laughs> <laughs> it just Yo, sounds listen. crazy. Listen, yeah. man. Listen, I know where I'm at. Every time I see you, I think of where I was when Doggy Style dropped. I got all the Last Supper's album. I got all your joints. And the way you went from that to doing records with Pharrell, beautiful, yeah. and all the records that you've done, your discography, your catalog, I think you're just getting started. Back on Death Row is a whole new beginning. We're looking to see a lot more mm. from you, dog. Love what you're doing. When we do this metaverse thing, right? I told you I love you as an actor. You one of the coldest niggas. Uh, oh, 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 that's my belly right here. Wait, wait. Talk. I got to hear this. Snoop, what's the idea? A Snoop Dogg and Nas movie and fucking record. We need a movie. We can't just drop a fucking record without a movie. It's too fly right here. What do you mean? You should have seen us at the Players Ball at my 50th Yo. Players Ball. Oh. This nigga was the sharpest nigga in there. He won a trophy. He never came to get it. So I put the wait, trophy what away. what was the so trophy He's for? in the Hall of Game the... my house. I was best dressed. Yo, really? What? What do you mean? What is First it for? First of all, I walked in the house. You were literally... That nigga was sharp as a mosquito's needle. He had a motherfucking mink hat, mink coat, <laughs> sharp shoes, outfit, smelled good, looked good. You he had did. trophies? Yo, look. You had trophies at your, I, at your I, birthday party. He had, le he had levels to the party. Okay. I didn't even know it was all well, you there. you came prepared. I walked in there. But you came prepared. I came like a player. I had two women on the arm and I lost oh. them somewhere. <laughs> somewhere in the crowd because <laughs> it was so gangster. It was so, that was a party. I walked in, I said, do you, is that the whispers singing? Is that the, oh, no, who's really? singing? Was that the, that ain't the whispers. That's a DJ playing. No, nigga. That's them. Wow. On stage. That's them. Wait, so yes. who were the other people that won awards? I think my son got uh, most valuable player. Rightfully so. Uh, Wiz Khalifa got player of the year. True indeed. Nice. Uh, perfect attendance was a uh, photographer Gucci because he don't miss no events. He got the perfect attendance award. <laughs> and uh, I think I got the boss player of the year. <laughs> Rightfully so. <laughs> but you came in. <laughs> I didn't give these awards away. The game gave them away. I mean, this is what the game said. I mean, we took a tally at the end of the night. And everybody was like, did you see what Nas had on? I'm like, I seen what the nigga had on. Nigga was like, that nigga was the sharp. I said, well, Nas it is. <laughs> and for the best dress, it is Nas. They was like, that nigga gone. I'm like, he gone. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, thank you for that award, man. Yo. You earned it, nigga. Man. Okay, the Metaverse album, the movie on the way. Yeah. We got a lot of plans for y'all. Oh, man. It's time. This is what creative people are supposed to do. Mm -hmm. I think this is what hip-hop was born to be. It was born to be what it is now, where you got people like us who can collaborate, do things together, inspire, give love to each other, support. When his records come out, he already know. I'm on Instagram pushing it, supporting yeah. it, calling him, telling him this shit is bopping. Yeah, it's, you know what I'm yeah. saying? The love, it's organic. Yeah. It's not 
fake to hear us on a record together. Right. It's like we want more of it because we know y'all love each other. Right. Yeah. Right. And we from that time. We from that soil and we from all of that. It's time, bro. And nigga, you was at Roxanne Shantae movie, so that was so hard. Cause I made my wife and my daughter sit out and watch that shit. I cried when I seen it by myself. Yeah. But I wanted them to see it because it was so impactful to the woman. And when I seen that part with you as a little MC, I'm like, damn, cause Shantae was my favorite, right. cuz. Tate Juice yeah. was my favorite. So to see you in there and to see that moment, it's like, it's certain shit that's meant to be, cuz. I never said it. I cried too when I saw it. I cried when I saw it. it. Did you, girl? Yeah. That shit made me cry, yeah. girl, like for real. And I was like, oh. Yeah, I was fucked up because uh, I remember her and I remember how hard it was. And I remember hearing the older dudes in the neighborhood talking about when they catch her. Mm -hmm. You know, she said this on a the record. They took offense because a woman was on a record talking, talking shit to a man like yep. that. And it was unheard of at the time. That's how crazy society was. They didn't understand it. I saw some people wanting to get at her. You know what I mean? Because mm. they didn't understand how this girl was talking like that. And I was scared for her. So to see her come from that and then her, see her with the big earrings because she's starting to get paid. See her with the Gucci boots and the big earrings <laughs> and the projects yeah. with all the fly girls from the hood is hanging with her. I said, wow. You know, so to see that. And you didn't know that you would actually be such a part of her nah, life story. She just too, threatened yeah, me. So she said, I better have my rap together. She going to fuck me up. I was ducking her. I didn't have my raps together. You got it together, nigga. <laughs> One thing I'll say, though, what's really, really, like, as an outsider watching y'all two is y'all are the ultimate hip-hop fans. That's why we're in a good place, because if the fans are still leading the entire movement, then the love is there, right? It's still going to be yeah. real. It's not for any other reason. So it's just great to see y'all talking. And you know what else is crazy? What I've learned is that a lot of the people in these corporate places that are maybe 40-year-olds or in their late 30s, they was raised by us. They was raised by hip-hop and our music. So that's why we're able to get into these places and do business with them because they respect our craft and now they respect our business. It's called show business. When we started, we was trying to master the show. Right. And as we get older, we got to master the business. That's why they called me the king of show business because I know how to master the show and the business. Mm. There it is. There you go. You heard it, people. Well, brother, we thank you for your time today. This is colossal for this whole thing. Yeah. To get you a real one here with us and have real conversation. Thank you, man. Thank you, Snoop. Thanks for your time. The bridge. The, 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 the bridge. The, the, the bridge. Breach for it. The, 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 the bridge. <laughs> Summertime yep, in the LBC. Out in the dark. Ooh, we used to do it out what? in the park. Ah, uh, uh, summertime in the LBC. Hey, y'all are crazy. Yeah, we used to do That's it out my in the brother park. right there. I love you, love you Thank too. you for inspiring me, cuz. Thank love you. you too. Thank you, Likewise, you, you inspired me too, bro. Shit, Thank you. I'm here for you, bro. I need you. I need you too, Keep bro. Keep coming, nigga. Let's go. All right, got you. And thank you, baby girl. You stay beautiful. Okay. You are a great interviewer. You are amazing at what you do. Thanks, Snoop. Peace and love. Peace. On next week's episode of The Bridge, 50 Years of Hip Hop, Minya and I speak with Burner Boy. When I got nominated for my first Grammy, that's when I was like, oh shit, this means more than me. 
Yeah. You understand? Because the reaction from my whole continent. That's why when I lost the first one, it hurt so bad because it wasn't about me. <laughs> it was about what's happening now that I've wanted. Everybody in my whole continent believes it's reachable. From Spotify, the executive producers are Gina Delvac and Jason Rodriguez, with additional production support from Leslie Guam and Andrea Salenzi. And special thanks to Courtney Holt, Jessica Dow, and everyone at Spotify who helped the bridge come to life. From Mass Appeal, the executive producers are myself, Nas, Peter Bittenbender, Jenya Meggs. Lead producer is Medina Prawana, and associate producer is Serge Jabrija. Our writer is Gabe Alvarez, Samara Langer, and Cliff Cristofaro are our editors. Thanks for listening.